planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. Today we are recapping most of week 8. We are recording this Monday night and as always my name is Mung Sung. Hey Addicts, it's uh, Nick Jurgelis again coming at you with a week 8 recap. A lot of injuries to talk about this week, uh, myself included. I'm feeling a little under the weather. (laughs) Too much Halloween fun for you, Los? Oh yeah, always fun on Halloween. All right, well, before we uh, get into the recaps real quick, uh, I just wanted to preface this show with the fact that there are so many injuries, and uh, you know we're going to be discussing the fantasy implications here with waiver pickups and handcuff discussions, uh, but just overall, it's never good to see injuries, and um, so we don't have to talk about it during the show. We hope that everybody who did get injured does get better. They're all talented NFL players, and we wish them the best. That's right. So that being said, uh, just real quick tonight, um, Indy at Carolina, uh, we did find out during this week that Andrew Luck has been playing with cracked ribs. Uh, So that sort of uh, gives some explanation in terms of, you know, the inaccuracies that he's been kind of going through and just the overall struggles. So it should be an interesting game tonight. I do think the Carolina defense is going to make it a tough, uh, a tough matchup for Indy. So Let's talk about the Thursday night game first, Miami Dolphins at New England. And man, we thought maybe the Dolphins would stand a chance coming in pretty hot, but uh, that certainly wasn't the case here, huh? No, that shows you that that the Dolphins, I mean, uh, their new coach, they're going to get them to do exactly what they need to do against the bad teams. And then they're still going to get stomped on by the Patriots. The Patriots don't care that there's a new coach. The Patriots don't care that they're reestablishing the run. The Patriots are going to smash everything in their path. Yep. Gronk smash, Patriots smash. That's right. Um, so that being said, for me, Tannehill, he's still a high uh, QB2. I, I mean, I think that, again, as you said, this is just the Patriots being the Patriots. Um, I, you know, for me, uh, you know, they're not going to be playing New England on a short week every week. So I, I'm still starting your normal Dolphins starters, uh, especially Lamar Miller. He's still a high running back two, borderline running back one, uh, just because the volume that he has been getting uh, with the coaching change, as you mentioned. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to win their league with Tannehill. If that's your answer right now, you've got to find another one. Yeah, but at the same time, you know, if you're streaming quarterbacks, he's more than fine depending on the matchup. Player matchup. Yeah. Um, in terms of the receivers here, uh, you know, I've been saying it for a couple of weeks, uh, and we kind of brushed on this last week. For me, uh, Jarvis Landry equals Rashard Matthews. Uh, it's just that in terms of name branding, Landry has that star power. For me, I, I think I'm still trying to sell Landry if if there are other owners in your league that perceive him to be a wide receiver too, even in PPR. Yeah, I, I nobody can game plan quite like Bill Belichick. I still look for Jarvis Landry to probably have a big week next time. Okay, I just think that him and Matthews are going to trade off weeks, and they're they're both you know wide receiver threes depending on who gets the targets uh, any given week. Yeah, actually, I mean, that said, they are in that East. They do play the Jets. They do play Buffalo. They do play the Patriots. So, I mean, if, you, if you're if you doing poorly and you can find somebody to sell Andrew to, I can't argue with that whatsoever. 
Yeah, and the same with the tight end. Cameron will have better days. This is, again, just New England shutting down uh, a rival divisional opponent and just basically not letting them do anything. He's still a, a tight end, or excuse me, a touchdown dependent tight end, too, for me. Yep. Um, on the Patriots side, uh, we really don't need to spend a whole lot of time on them. Brady's Brady, number one quarterback. Gronk is Gronk, number one tight end. Um, Deion Lewis, though, good to see him healthy. Um, for me, he's clearly ahead of Blunt based on their usage and their snaps. Uh, for me, Lewis is a low RB1, high RB2, both in PPR and standard. And then Blunt's a, a flex or running back three because they are going to have those games where they kind of just stomp people and Blunt's going to get those uh, you know clock-killing drives. Yeah, to, to me, and this, this is a bit of a point of discussion because a lot of people don't want to play Blunt. To me, Blunt is an every-week flex play. Uh, he's exactly what you want, even though he didn't. I mean, he's not putting a billion points up on the board, but every single game he's out there, he has legitimate potential to to score two to three touchdowns. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as you mentioned, he's not going to put up a billion points, but uh, certainly those, uh, you know, five or six. And if he gets even one touchdown, all of a sudden you're in double digits. And that's that's not bad for a flex. No, exactly. Um, and for me. Julian Edelman is still criminally undervalued. He's a clear wide receiver one in PPR, high wide receiver two, if anything. And if anyone in your league still owns him and doesn't perceive him as such, I, I would try to buy, you know? Um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be shocked if that was the case. Uh, the, the owner would have to hate the Patriots in order to want to get rid of Edelman. He's, I mean, if it wasn't for his name, he's, he's a no-brainer number one wide receiver. Yeah, and I, I just think that in, in some leagues that his value hasn't quite caught up to his actual value. So if, if that is the case, then certainly try and buy on him. Um, I do expect the touchdowns to recede, re, uh, recede a little bit, and he'll get stopped you know, at the one, at the two, like he has a billion times in his career. And then, like I said, Blunt will just pound that baby in. Yeah, and also uh, another name to monitor, I would still try to buy LaFell, or certainly if he's on the waiver wire. Uh, again, we see him get a ton of targets in this game. Uh, and Danny Amendola has certain fa certainly faded back a little bit now that LaFell is back healthy. Danny Amendola is not worth owning. Brandon LaFell has showed improvement each of the last three weeks. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, let's uh, go to the London game. Detroit at Kansas City and just, oh, man, a terrible mess in Detroit. Um, I don't know what to say. Stafford is, just looks awful. Well, Joe Bob Cooter or whatever the new coach's name, uh, he, he didn't quite uh, find the magic potion that uh, getting, a, getting a new coach in Detroit didn't quite have the same effect as getting a new coach in Miami did, I guess. Um, Matthew Stafford, two interceptions. Uh, big. I mean, how big of a role does this play with uh, Calvin Johnson getting hurt, though? Yeah, uh, you know, he didn't look too bad. He was still smiling on the sidelines. I think this is more of a, you know, him leaving the game was more. They just wanted to hold him out when they were already down 30 and, you know, getting killed going to the I don't bye. think so. I think that was a sarcastic sort of smile, like, huh, now I've got to deal with this. I think Kelvin's dinged up, and I think it might be time to, to make Tate a little more of a legitimate contender. Yeah, I'm not quite as worried as you are. Again, I think it's a relatively minor ankle thing, and we've seen it. We've seen him struggle when they've tried to have him play through it, but they do have their bye this week. So if he's still not practicing, you know, next week after their bye, then maybe I'll be a little concerned. But right now, I'm not. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too rash or anything. So yeah, you're not dropping him. I mean, come on. Right, and uh, you know, Joyke Bell actually had a nice run here. Uh, he actually did something this season. For the first time, and but for yeah, me, you put that pretty well. He had a nice run here. 
Yeah, I was just about to say, uh, you know, he's still an RB4, RB3 at the very best. Uh, it's, it's only if you're very desperate. They can they can change the, the coaching and the O-line coaches as much as they want, but uh, at the end of the day, their offensive linemen are not good. Six more catches for Riddick. Only one guy worth owning and only in PPR. Yes, sir. Um, and you did mention Tate. I, I do think that he will have better games. Um, but again, I'm not too worried about Calvin just yet. Sure. Um, one other uh, pass catcher to, to note, though, um, Stafford does like looking for Ebron, especially in the red zone. I, I think he's a pretty high tight end, too, for me going forward in that 12 to 14 range. Again, nothing nothing too special, but if you need a tight end, he's uh, he's certainly reliable. That third tier of tight ends is is very muddled. Eric Ebron can be top five any week, could be bottom 15 any week. <laughs> well put. Uh, I won't argue with that. Yep. Um, so on the other side here, uh, Alex Smith had a pretty good day, but you know, I'm not picking him up. He's, he's inconsistent at the very best. Um, but it was good to see that he actually took some shots downfield. You know, his average depth of a target hasn't been very far in uh, recent seasons, but it's good to see him take some shots that Kelsey and Macklin got a touchdown here as well. Yeah. All, all that said, that did not produce all that much value amongst the receivers, um, or the past. I mean, Kelsey had, what, uh, 11 points, 12 points, something like that. But other than that, nobody really benefiting from this uh, pretty solid day from Smith. I mean, 150 yards only, but he was, you know, moving the ball around. Yeah, I mean, you know, they did really well. They just kind of spread that spread the ball around a lot. Um, but certainly, you know, if you're a Travis Kelsey owner like I am in some leagues, you're not uh, disappointed with 6 for 49 on touchdown. And it is good to note that, uh, Travis Kelsey actually led the team in targets this week, and look at that—they won when that happens. So look maybe at Andy Reid uh, takes note of this and tries to get Kelsey more involved. Hopefully, <sighs> we've do- we've watched Andy Reid coach teams for for a lot of years. He doesn't do a <laughs> lot of uh, logical things very often. Um, just again, these uh, these lower tier or these wide receiver two three guys on the Chiefs, Wilson Conley. Th- there's nothing to see here, folks. Yeah, and uh, actually, you know, Sharkandrick West had a really nice game here. Um, but I, if you can, I, I would sell high. You know, they're on their bye. Then they got Denver Week 10. Um, and, and, you know, he's really a volume-based guy. And beating up on, you know, a bad uh, De- Detroit team right now, if, if somebody thinks that West is a legit, you know, high RB2 or, you know, something like that, then I would definitely try and sell on him. If they didn't, if they had their buy already, I would completely disagree with you. But but you're right. I mean, this is the perfect time to move a guy like this. Yeah, and certainly, if, you know, if somebody in your in your league just looks at the stats and you know doesn't really look at what happened in the actual game, then certainly his stats are you know misleadingly good. At the same time, though, uh, he did what he was supposed to do against a bad team. He he carved out his role. He took out what 20, 20 rushes four catches on six targets. He, he carved a definite role. Niall Davis is an afterthought. There's nobody that you want in this backfield except Charkandrick West. And he's an RB two going forward every week. Yeah. And uh, you know, both uh, Detroit and Kansas city going on their buys and we will discuss fill in options uh, at the end of the show. Yep. <clears throat> so the next game is going to be the Tampa Bay bucks at the Atlanta Falcons. And that actually brings us to this week's close shave of the week. Brought to you by Gillette, the best a man can get. Winning the coin flip and getting the first possession in overtime, uh, Buccaneers rookie quarterback Jameis Winston led the team downfield 
on a 68-yard drive, and this drive resulted in a field goal that would ultimately seal a hard-fought victory on the road against their divisional rival Falcons, uh, who were actually 6-1 and one coming into this game. So get your close shave like Jameis Winston with Gillette razors. You can pay less than $5 for a month of shaves with Gillette's Shave Club. Join now at no cost and get exclusive rewards. Yeah, he, he may have uh, been the Gillette close shave player of the week, but he really couldn't make much happen with these receivers all game. What happened there? Yeah, I, th- I think losing Vincent Jackson really is a big issue simply because, you know, as good as Mike Evans is, he's not ready to just kind of shoulder the entire load and, you know, be that dominant wide receiver one. I really do think that having Jackson on the field helps him rather than hurts his production. Um, and ju- ju- I just want to note real quick that right now in fantasy, Jameis is a, a low-end quarterback too, and, you know, he, he'll be an okay bye week fill-in if you need him against the New York Giants this week that Drew Brees just threw seven touchdowns on. Um, is, but, are, is the Giants defense not playing very well or something? <laughs> I, I don't know. You tell me. Yes. But um, I, I just want to point out that uh, in redraft, uh, you know, Winston's not great. But in Dynasty, um, you know, a lot of people are kind of souring on Winston. But even though he hasn't produced so much, uh, you know, this year, he is completing about 59% of his passes. And right now uh, he's on pace for about 3,800 yards, 23 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. And just for comparison, in, in Andrew Luck's rookie year in 2012, he only completed 44, or excuse me, 54% of his passes, uh, more yardage, 4,400, but 23 touchdowns and 18 interceptions. So certainly uh, would not be giving up on Jameis Winston just yet in, in Dynasty or Keeper Leagues. No, you can't. And Jameis Winston is going to be married to Mike Evans and uh, Austin Safarian Jenkins for quite some time, too. Yeah, speaking of Jenkins, uh, you know, we'll monitor his practice participation this week, but hopefully he'll be healthy for week nine. If he is, I'm I'm starting him against the New York Giants if I know him. Oh, definitely. There's a Winston's going to need to throw the ball a lot if they're going to keep wanting to uh, win any more games. Um, and Austin Safarian Jenkins being out is a is a huge reason that I'm not concerned about Mike Evans. There's a massive change to this offense. They lost Vincent Jackson and Lewis Murphy all in a matter of one week. Uh, defense had no choice but to take Evans out of the game. And what did that leave him? I mean, they still got the win, of course, but that's why Evans only came up with less than 50 yards today. Yeah, and, and similarly for Doug Martin, uh, I would not panic on him. I would stay the course. Only 23 for 71 yards on the ground. But at the same time, uh, Atlanta was stacking the box a little bit more with uh, you know, Vincent Jackson and Lewis Murphy out for this game. 24 touches this game. Did you think you were going to see that out of Doug Martin this year? Uh, you know, I, I was hoping uh, Dirk Cutter did, uh, you know, kind of fight to keep Doug. Um, so yep. certainly, uh, you know, you're you're still happy with 71 yards on the ground and then also that uh, that catch for, I think, seven or eight yards. Um, yep. <clears throat> in terms of the other wide receivers here, uh, nothing really to see. Cameron Braid had the touchdown here. Um, if you're really desperate, maybe against that porous Giants defense, but I'm certainly not going to rely on him. Yeah, it's not a bad matchup against the Giants, but I, I, I suspect Vincent Jackson will be back sooner than later. Yeah, and similarly, uh, Charles Sims, uh, obviously worth a flex start uh, against the Giants as well here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. On the other side here, uh, Matt Ryan struggled for a lot of this game, but he finished strong, and uh, you know he's still that low-end QB1. He's not going to win you a ton of weeks, but hopefully uh, he'll get you at least uh, around 10 points as his floor. Yeah, I don't, I don't care how much he struggles in real football as long as Julius or Julio, Ju, 
Julio Jones, wow. As long as Julio Jones uh, reeling in passes and getting yardage for him. Yeah, and Julio, uh, you know, we've seen him kind of get uh, back to fully healthy again these last few weeks and certainly uh, producing for your team here. 12 for 162 and a touchdown. Um, on the other hand here, Jacob Tammy really stepping up. Um, I'm not sure if this is just the Tampa Bay Bucks defense being really bad or if he's really kind of, you know, stepping up as that check down role with Leonard Hangerson out. Yeah, somebody's going to have to if Roddy's not going to. Uh, with Link, with Hankerson and Roddy out, I, I like I said before, Tammy is a very intriguing daily sort of fantasy option, but you cannot trust him over over the course of the season, over the course of the rest of the season, even the, over the next three weeks. I, I Two out of the next three weeks, I would put my money on him being, you know, less than three, four points. Yeah, but then uh, then again, uh, you know, a lot of teams on by this week. If you if you need a tight end this week, he does get San Francisco, and uh, you know they are not very good against the pass. So I could certainly see Tammy having a serviceable day for you this coming week. That could be the one week over four points, huh? <laughs> Definitely. And uh, <laughs> you know, if you're a Devontae Freeman owner, you don't love this game, but you're not unhappy either. You'll take 21 carries for 88 yards, and then also six for 43 in the passing game. If this is a down week for Devontae Freeman, you're happy about that. Yeah. Does Tevin Coleman need to be owned, given the landscape shift that this uh, week's going to bring for running backs? Um, I do think he needs to be owned. I think he's one of those. He's a a David Johnson type, where if he he gets that opportunity, he'll be an instant RB2 at the very least. I mean, that's the thing. On, On one hand, if your team's not doing well, you have an opportunity to go ahead and grab, you know, Jeremy Langford, for example, or something, something along those lines. Um, I think I do it, but, but Tevin Coleman, I mean, this week was a perfect reminder as to why you need to own guys like Tevin Coleman, you know? Yeah. Again, and I think it's very situationally dependent, depending on how your team has done thus far in the season. Uh, You know, in some of my teams where I do have a good record, but I lost, you know, Jamal Charles, uh, you know, I'm picking up those lottery ticket guys who can have, a big impact later on rather than like five or six points this week. Um, but if you need wins now, if you're, you know, three, three and four, you're, you're struggling to even get to the playoffs. And certainly you need to get guys who are producing right now, like a, a McCluster or something like that. Yeah. Uh, one guy I wanted to mention before we moved on for the wide receivers in a deeper league, um, Justin Hardy. Uh, Atlanta really liked this guy in the draft and he's finally starting to see the field a little bit. Um, he might be able to carve himself a, a nice piece of this offense if Roddy White and uh, and Hankerson stay off the field. Well, Roddy White's on the field, but he might as well not be. <laughs> Certainly. Um, yeah, yeah, I think Justin Hardy looked good running his routes, and he, lo- he looks crisp, and he's not going to be that elite guy, but he could certainly be a decent you know, check-down option for uh, Matt Ryan. I, I think we just need to see a little bit more chemistry. Again, somebody to, to put on your watch list would not pick him up just yet unless you're in a deep league. Yeah, he doesn't need to be elite. He just has to be as good as Harry Douglas was last year. Yeah, that's that's certainly true. Um, so next game we're going to talk about here is Arizona at Cleveland, and a, a pretty slow start for Arizona. But then Palmer, you know, gets it going, and he, he's still a solid QB one. Not a whole lot to mention here. Um, Chris Johnson, though, he did fine against a bad Cleveland run defense. But you, you want to see a little bit more here. Uh, you know, <laughs> that many carries and only 109 yards, not even a touchdown. Yeah, but how much more do you really want to see? I mean, he's given the work. He's given the 30 carries. He's clearly the back to own on this team. There's no more questions anymore. I don't know that either of them are even worth owns. If if Chris Johnson goes down, I think it's a pure committee. 
No, I, I think this even just, you know, reflects even more how much Andre Ellington and David Johnson need to be owned for me because Chris Johnson has had injury problems in the past. And if they keep him, excuse me, if they keep working him like this, he is going to have something. Who do you prefer? You know, I, I still think it's going to be Ellington simply because Johnson is a rookie, but I think they're both going to be flex plays or low RB twos. If, if anything did happen to Chris Johnson here. Yeah, I think you're right. He's been with the team longer. He understands the scheme. Um, he got more work technically, but I think you can throw those numbers right out the window when it, when it's that when the numbers are that small. Uh, I think I do agree. Andre Ellington's the guy. If you need to make room, you can. I think you can cut David Johnson. Well, I was going to say that said, I do think that if if anything happened to Chris Johnson, while Andre Ellington would get more work, we, we've seen that David Johnson only needs like ten touches a game to maybe score a touchdown. So. Certainly still worth holding on for me, but if you need guys, uh, you know, with a lot of teams on by this week, then certainly not a must hold. Yeah, I just can't say you need to own all, you know, all 85 of the Cardinals because, you know, I'm a very strong advocate for Michael Floyd. I think he I think he's a must own. Yeah, and, and certainly at this point, especially we see with uh, with John Brown, you know, technically active this game. Um, by the way, just a quick side note here. Uh, apparently a lot of people were you know, sending some hateful tweets toward John Brown. And, uh, <laughs> and he, he sent a little bit of hateful tweet. Back. Yeah. And he actually plays fantasy and he gets it, but come on, you're stop tweeting at NFL players. You know, they, they don't care about your fantasy team, nor should they. Um, but I just want to mention here real funny, uh, you know, somebody tweeted at him something like, you know, why weren't you, you know, you didn't do anything for my team or something. And he said uh, something along the lines of, don't worry, it's our bye week. I'll be at your mom's house this week or something like that. So John Brown, uh, I, I believe it was actually his girlfriend's house. Yeah, so, so John Brown, now one of my favorite players, both on and off the field. Big fan, um, big fan. So, yeah, uh, you know, Larry Fitzgerald also did have an ankle sprain near the end of this game. Hopefully it's not a high ankle sprain. Um, you know, they do have their bye this week, so... Uh, we'll, we'll have to certainly uh, hope that we see both Fitzgerald and John Brown practicing. Um, and if not, Michael Floyd as a wide receiver or two. So many injuries in the league this week. Yeah, if, you're, if your team even just stayed healthy this week, you won. Yeah. Um, but yeah, John Brown, uh, Larry Fitzgerald, not too worried. You know, check back in after their bye week. Uh, a week of rest will help. And Troy Nicholas here, uh, you know, two touchdowns. Uh, don't, don't pick him up please um you know i, I think this is kind of going to be like a uh you know lions tight end situation before you know last year with fourier Pettigrew, and then ebron you know somebody might get a touchdown every week but you have no idea which tight end it's going to be some some people paid big week one on or week week one or two on the uh, cardinals tight end yeah and uh hopefully if you listen to this show you didn't so that's right um, on the other side here uh, for the Browns, uh, McCown hurt again, you know, rib injury uh, in addition to the shoulder now. Um, we'll see if he can go. It's a short week for them. They play Thursday night against Cincinnati this week. Uh, but this offense is certainly clicking well with McCown at the helm. That's two weeks in a row he gets taken out of the game with two different injuries. He he needs a little protection. Yeah, and, you know, if Johnny Menzel comes in, I, I got to say, I, I don't love it for Gary Barnage or Duke Johnson. Um, I think that Travis Benjamin will still be okay because we've seen that, uh, you know, Manziel can scramble around and, you know, throw him the deep ball, but certainly would downgrade Barnage and Duke a little bit. Yeah, if McCown is looking like he's going to see anything, you know, uh, not career, sorry, uh, season threatening, 
I don't, I don't mean to put that sort of curse on him. Um, any, anything season threatening, anything looking concussive to the head or anything. Um, I would definitely shop Gary Barnage. He's, he's worth an own in every league. He's number two tight end um, for me, right behind Rob Gronkowski, he, not because of the talents there. I mean, talent's obviously good enough to pass and play in the NFL, but just the work that this guy's given it's, it's, he's easily a top three tight end for me. Um, and somebody should pay for that. Yeah, I, d- I definitely would not shop Barnage just yet, though. It sounds like, if anything, McCown might just miss one week. No, 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 not this week. Um, yeah, uh, but, you know, similarly to Troy Nicholas, this was a big, uh, a big, you know, relatively high-scoring game with not a lot of fantasy impact simply because nobody owned Troy Nicholas and nobody owned Brian Hartline, and nobody should own Brian Hartline. Uh, please leave him on the waiver wire along with Troy Nicholas. Um, but the only other thing is, in terms of the running backs here, I don't know why they're not giving Duke Johnson more work. Uh, You know, Isaiah Crowell kind of hurt still, and Robert Turbin, not very good. Um, And Duke didn't get that many touches, but he still salvaged the day with two for 68 through the air. Um, Again, he's sort of like Riddick. He's the only guy I want in the backfield. Yeah, he's... uh... He's almost, yeah, he's the only guy who wanted that backfield. You're absolutely right. Turbin's not going to carve. He'll, he may curve. He's carving more and more of a role out in this offense, but not something that's going to be fantasy relevant. Yeah, and uh, they do play a short week Thursday night against Cincinnati. Um, you know, I'm not that optimistic on any of the Browns guys. Cincinnati is still red hot, and they did get Vontae's perfect back, who, you know, right away took out Le'Veon Bell, which we'll talk about soon enough. Oh. But um, I, I do not think it's going to be. Yeah. I do not think it's going to be a very high-scoring game for the Browns. No, uh, I would consider. Uh, you still have to start Duke Johnson and Gary Barnage, though. Uh, Duke, depending on who your running back options are. But they're. I, I just feel like they're getting down so much in that game. Yeah, I, I do think Duke will be okay, but again, uh, much better if McCown is uh, back there over Manziel. Yeah, definitely. So on the other hand, the Browns actually doing better than San Francisco right now. Um, the Niners just, man, got crushed at St. Louis, and th- it's basically what he, what we expected. Kaepernick at this point, uh, you know, Tom Sula isn't even committing to starting him. Uh, certainly droppable, uh, you know, or, you know, a matchup-dependent QB, too, if you really need one. Um, for me, uh, you know, Reggie Bush tore his ACL in this game because of that stupid concrete rink that they have yeah. in that stadium. They need to get that fixed. I don't know what they're thinking there. Um, Just get it fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, St. Louis. Like, come on, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, come on, man. For, uh, for, for San Francisco, though, you know, all their running backs are just going down. Mike Davis now, he's got a fractured hand. Um, you know, they're working out Ben Tate tomorrow, I believe. Uh, and Kendall Gaskins was the guy who, yeah, exactly. Um, neither of those guys are worth a pickup for me unless I just need a body to throw in due to, you know, all of my guys being on buy or something next week against Atlanta at home. Can you justify starting any player on, on the Niners next week? No, I was going to say maybe Vernon Davis, but that's certainly not the case anymore. Yeah, I um, could justify starting Vernon Davis now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, in case you guys did not hear, Vernon Davis has been traded to Denver, and we will discuss that more when we get to the Denver game. Um, but certainly, you know, Bolden missed this game maybe when he's healthy, certainly just because of the volume, but even then he's only a wide receiver four. Yeah, no, he... he... That's that's about all, yeah. And how about that play when Kaepernick had a wide open Tory Smith? Nobody bothered moving over to cover him, and Tory Smith was literally jumping up and down trying to get Kaepernick's attention. 
and then Kaepernick hands the ball off. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, I think that's a perfect metaphor for the way their season's going right now. Uh, people could look at them with hope. Oh, Hey, we've got uh, Carlos Hyde and, but no, we're going to uh, do nothing. Yeah. You're not starting any uh, 49ers right now. I'm sorry. This is a far cry from, you know, where they were two years ago. Um, St. Louis though, uh, looking, looking pretty, uh, pretty solid, you know, Nick Foles, you know, you're not starting him in fantasy, but he's a good enough game manager to, you know, try and not turn the ball over. And that's really all they need when they have this defense and Todd freaking Gurley. Yeah. Uh, Foles, I'm, I'm not putting any lineups, but that man you just mentioned, he, he is the man he is, he is the new business. He, he can run the football like nobody else. You just can't teach that sort of ability. Uh, you know, He's got the talent. Uh, he's getting the volume. That's all he needs. And, you know, can anyone say that he's not a top five running back for the rest of the season? I don't think anybody can say he's not a top four running back the next of the season. Yeah, fair enough. And, uh, you know, just noting here that Trey Mason did get a bunch of work. I do think that he is the handcuff if anything were to happen to Gurley. Um, he has been banged up throughout his collegiate career. So certainly uh, something you want to keep an eye on there. See, I, I disagree. I think uh, if he, he is the handcuff, if you're playing a pure handcuff game, but I think if Gurley gets hurt, this entire team falls apart. I don't know. I mean, Trey Mason did have some nice games toward the end of last season. And, and I do think that Mason would be, you know, the first and second down back. And then Benny Cunningham would come in on third downs. Yeah, it was a different team last year, though. Different quarterback. I, I just don't have I just don't have faith that uh, Foles will be because basically you take Gurley out of this game. Um, you're forcing, I mean, you're, you're putting more pressure on Nick Foles, you know, you're keying on Gurley right now, but you put more pressure on Foles. Things are, things are about to go off, you know, off sure, the deep but, end. Uh, things I, will I not go well. Tavon Austin will do nothing. Uh, Cook does nothing, but he'll do even less. It's not, it wouldn't be a good situation. I wouldn't want any part of it. I'll see. I think Mason would still be a decent, you know, flex player or a high end RB three, even some, 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 some like a shark Hendrick West, maybe, uh, you know, getting that volume at the very least. Um, and we've seen that Trey Mason, it does have a good amount of talent. All right. Um, and for me, you know, Tavon Austin, great game this game, but he's, he's going to be a boom bust wide receiver three, you know, he's got a low floor, but a high ceiling every given week. Great for DFS. Yeah, certainly helps that Gurley's presence on the field just opens up those, you know, running lanes for trick plays, those end rounds, and then also forces linebackers to play up a little bit and safeties to kind of, you know, watch for that run. So it gives them room to roam around in the secondary a little bit. Makes for some good television, but uh, it'll make for some regrets if you start starting Tavon Austin and then you see the zero, one, two point games. Sure, as a boomer bust flex, uh, certainly fine, but uh, you know, not uh, not a great reliable option. Oh uh, yeah, one of the highest ceilings for the value. Yeah, and the last thing to note about the Rams is just that their defense is definitely legit. Uh, you know, if you pick them up as a streaming option, you're you're holding on to them at this point, especially with their bye week past. Um, so the next game we're going to talk about here is. Uh, the highest scoring game of the week, breaking records left and right. New York Giants at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, gunslinger Eli showing up here. Uh, you know, Eli is inconsistent, sort of like Dalton, but we've seen that he's got as high of a ceiling as anyone as long as he's got Odell Beckham on the field. Yeah, and a terrible defense on the other side of the field. <laughs> Certainly doesn't hurt. But, well, uh, I mean, if you, uh, if you had Eli or Odell Beckham here, or even Dwayne Harris... Um, you know, you're happy. Odell Beckham is Odell Beckham. Three touchdowns here. Uh, certainly will be fine against Tampa next week. 
Uh, Dwayne Harris, uh, you know, we said he was worth monitoring. He's kind of taking over that slot role with Victor Cruz, uh, you know, always hurt, it seems, and not coming back until maybe late in the season, if that. Um, Harris got two touchdowns here, and certainly a fluke in terms of, you know, the, the huge production and the bad defense, but the targets aren't a fluke. He's, his targets have been ramping up for a couple weeks now. Yeah, I think I've got a real in your excitement there, uh, uh, Captain Optimism. Uh, Dwayne Harris, uh, he's uh, hopefully he's he's a guy that somebody's going to pay big bucks on in your in your fab pool so that you don't have to. Oh, I'm sorry if that sounded like I, I'm telling you to pick him up. No, I, I meant uh, you know he, he is. Excuse me, let me rephrase that. He's becoming very useful for Eli Manning and that offense to keep the chains moving. Um, he's exactly what they needed because they were really missing Victor Cruz to take some coverage off of Beckham as well. Easy there, Captain Pessimism. He is definitely out there increasing Eli's value. I can't, I can't win here, huh? It's, you know, it's a catch-22. Of course not, you're, you're not. Not when I'm in the house. <laughs> but, uh, okay, Dwayne Harris, uh, certainly you know a decent slot receiver. If you're desperate, he's kind of like that Jamison Crowder, Cole Beasley. Uh, there might be a few games here and there where he goes off for like six catches and maybe like 50 yards and he'll be all right in the PPR, but certainly yeah, not I, I rushing. think this game was just a little too extraneous. The defense was bad on both sides. It was a shootout. I don't know. It, I think the coaches just went went uh, under the table and were like, hey, let's uh, let's make some excitement happen. Let's drum up some stuff for our teams. I don't care who wins, but we're going to put up 50 on either side. Um, <laughs> even Shane Vereen had 60 yards and a touchdown, eight catches like everybody produced here yeah and you know Vereen will be good in some ppr shootouts but it's just so hard to predict that backfield you know darkwa left the game with a back injury so we still don't know how how much he's going to get used going forward uh but it's basically just gonna be frustrating starting any giants running back and you're only doing it if you're desperate yeah definitely um, uh one one person who didn't uh, wasn't able to muster up the uh the gumption to produce more than a two point a uh, tight end, Larry Donnell. What happened there? Yeah. I mean, he did leave this game with a muscle spasm in his neck. So we'll, we'll see how he, uh, he does going forward. Hopefully he practices this week, but if he doesn't, this is an argument that maybe Dwayne Harris uh, might get a little bit more usage. Uh, and against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Harris could have another nice day. Three catches, two touchdowns. Uh, he's no Martavis Bryant, but, but, but those are that he he's putting up his sort of numbers from last year. And against Tampa Bay, he might be good enough to put up some good numbers. So we'll see. Um, and certainly Ruben Randall was uh, disappointing here uh, of every giant that uh, had big games here. He was inconsistent, even with the good game flow here. Uh, he's, you know, he's like a Bolden type of guy, a wide receiver for you're, you're hoping for a big blow up game, depending on the matchup. I'd rather have Harris than, than Randall, but not by much. Yeah, flip a coin there um, and you'll lose either way. Um, (laughs) on the other side here too uh, Drew Brees looking good with the New Orleans offense finally clicking a little bit looks good yeah he looks good Um, no no he looked amazing I'm sorry I don't know what you want me to say anymore I just I can't (laughs) win here (laughs) Uh, but important to note that the Saints do have a really good schedule for the rest of the year so if you can I would maybe try to buy low on all these guys this is what he should have been doing the entire season. This is what you get when you have quarterback Drew Brees and you let him sling the football around. You're not, you're not a grinded out football team like you've tried to become. You know, uh, Mark Ingram did put together you know 80 yards on the ground, but Drew Brees, while he's on your team, you use him to throw the ball around and put points on the board. 
Yeah, and uh, speaking of the running back situation here, um, you know, obviously D'Angelo Williams, who we'll get to in a little bit, um, is going to be a big waiver wire pickup here. But important to note that Kyrie Robson uh, broke his leg here. Um, looked like a real bad injury. Hope he's okay. But uh, CJ Spiller all of a sudden a must pickup for me simply because we've seen Kyrie get some goal line carries and he is t- excuse me stealing some carries on a game-to-game basis from Ingram. And now Spiller, who arguably is a much better running back, uh, will get those opportunities, which is all he needed. He just wasn't getting touches. Arguably a better running back, un- undoubtedly a better pass catcher. Yeah, absolutely. And we saw that even in this game, Spiller, you know, got used more, although it was a, it was a very crazy high scoring game. So I don't know how much I would take that into account. Um, one note, uh, the Saints did also re-sign Tim Hightower, but, uh, you know, not bothering with him. That's more of a depth signing than anything. But CJ Spiller, a must pick up for me this week. Brandon Cooks maintained some of his value, but but Willie Sneed, two touchdowns, 70 yards. He's really he's really given him gotten himself a very nice role in this offense, and he's diminishing Cooks' value. They're they're a they're a lower end sort of T. Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief uh comparison for me. And and I I don't like it as a Cooks lover, but you know, I, I've got to admit, uh got to admit when I was wrong. You know, it's still a nice day for him. Eight eighty yards, two touchdowns. Um is it time to start believing in Ben Watson? I don't know. Uh, well, real quick, uh, before we move on from Cooks and Sneed, I just wanted to uh, point out that for me, uh, maybe just because I'm a pessimist, I-, I see them sort of like how I talked about Jarvis Landry and Rashard Matthews when we went over the Miami Dolphins here. I think that Cooks has the name value, but I think I really think that Sneed and Cooks are interchangeable. They're going to get similar targets week to week, and they're going to get have similar production. So... Again, for me, if you can if you can sell high on Cooks now that he's starting to gain some traction the last couple of weeks, um, I would because I think that they're both just both high end wide receiver threes, low wide receiver twos, and that the only thing Cooks has going is the name value. Yeah, and and it's crazy that he has such name value going for him as a second year player. Yeah, I mean, it's all those crazy, uh, you know, highlight reel uh, videos from camp and everything. But I obviously very talented. I just think that he's not going to be worth as much as people think he is. Yeah, it's um, it's not a it's not a criticism of his talent. It's it's just his role in this offense. Um, yeah, but going back to your question, uh, Ben Watson certainly worth a pickup uh, if, if he's still unknown for some reason. Uh, you know, with the New Orleans Saints looking like they're finally committing to passing more. Um, yeah, this is going to be a potent offense if they can keep this up and, you know, home against Tennessee next week. Uh, yeah, you're starting everybody. Yeah, definitely. Um, so to another heartbreaker, uh, with the Chicago bears again, uh, (sighs) losing in the fourth quarter, Minnesota at Chicago, uh, you know, we've seen Bridgewater improving, but you're still not starting him in fantasy. Uh, however, he is getting the ball to Stefan Diggs, who is just putting on a show, um, you know, Diggs is such a good route runner and very explosive. Uh, you know, certainly uh, Mike Wallace compared to Antonio Brown. He should be owned at this point in all leagues. And what a great play he had to score this touchdown. Just showed uh, what what he can do when he gets the ball, um, shakes a tackler, and then gets downfield. He's very fast, very athletic. Um, on any other team, he's, you know, actually on this team, he's a, he's probably a top 25 He's definitely a top 25 wide receiver for the rest of the season. Yeah, and if you picked him up, uh, you're certainly happy about that. I, I just want to note, too, that Mike Wallace, um, he's getting open deep, but Bridgewater is just inaccurate on those long shots, and he keeps missing him. And, 
as much as I still like Wallace's talent, I, I think he's droppable right now. Uh, he's certainly not producing. Uh, the one thing that I, I will say that I wish would happen is that Baltimore would trade for Wallace because I think he would be perfect with Flacco. Over under three and a half games uh, for Wallace, uh, mouthing off so bad that he gets benched. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be uh, over simply because they still need him to uh, kind of take coverage off digs. Miami um, needed him. <laughs> yeah, but he hasn't been mouthing off. He's getting involved. Uh, day, uh, you know, Bridgewater's just missing him. That's the only problem. Um, he's still getting some targets, just not producing. And and same with Rudolph. Uh, you know, he's just going to be a situational red zone threat. Uh, it, the the main guys here are going to be Adrian Peterson and Stefan Diggs going forward. Yeah, definitely one step below that third tier, third tier of tight ends. Yeah, and certainly uh, Adrian Peterson got you 100 yards. Uh, you're not complaining about that. No, wish he'd score a touchdown here and there, though. Yeah, and I think what we've seen is that Peterson is no longer that dominant elite running back that we thought he could still be right now, um, but certainly still a running back one. Yeah, I guess I can't disagree. Um, so what about the Chicago side here? You know, Jay Cutler actually doing very well as a fantasy quarterback. He's been averaging about 18 points per game in the five games that he's played in full this year. Um, sneaky good quarterback option if you need help there that's that's been his mo uh his entire his entire bears career very high ceiling very very low floor yeah but i I think the floor is a little bit higher with gase Uh, you know gase knows kind of how to manage cutler and certainly i might be eating these words with a with a three-point game next week or something but yeah I, i do think that you know having adam gase helps a lot I don't think it matters how well you can manage Cutler. When Jay wants to throw to triple coverage, Jay throws the triple coverage. Yeah, but he, he can throw to triple coverage for Alshon Jeffrey, and he'll go up and get it. <laughs> yeah, and then he will have minus two points. Yeah, well, as we saw in this game, Alshon Jeffrey uh, you know, certainly will bail out Cutler in many situations, and I don't know how you can argue that Alshon's not a wide receiver one right now. Oh, he's a bona fide stud. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't argue that. Yeah. I uh, hope you guys all bought early, uh, you know, earlier in the season when he was hurt. Expect, expect even better things. Who's the red zone threat now? Elshon Jeffrey. Yeah. I do think Bennett will still be involved. He's still a mid to low tight end one for me. Oh, I'm saying with Forte done. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, And certainly we should touch on that. Um, But the good news here is they're saying that Forte just has a sprained MCL. His ACL should be fine. Just a sprained um, MCL, yeah. Certainly better than an, <laughs> than an ACL tear, you know? It's, um, that's true, that's true. And it's better than a fully torn MCL also. Yeah, so he, he could miss a, a few games here. He did miss four games in 2011 with a similar injury. So for me, Langford is the guy here. He's a low-end RB2 uh, against San Diego this coming week uh, with Matt Forte doubtful. Um, but then he gets St. Louis and Denver, so certainly not going to be spending a ton of waiver money on him. Yeah, that's that's the thing you've got to look ahead on when you when you're considering using these these high number uh, priorities or spending big fab budget bucks here. Um, I know it's getting towards the end of the season. If you need to make it, if you're really hurting for wins, I mean, you've got to pay for them. You don't have you don't have much of a choice there. Uh, but but yeah, look at your matchups going forward. Don't just go by happy. Yeah, certainly. And, and there is interest in Monte Ball, supposedly, given John Fox's history with Denver. Uh, but I'm not I'm not going to be worried about Monte Ball. Um, just a really random note here, though. Anton Smith, if you remember, he was the guy who was on uh, the Atlanta Falcons last year who it seemed like he could get one touch a game as a running back and take it to the house for like touchdown a 60-yard touchdown. 
Yep. Um, he is on the Bears now, and he is only three thousand dollars on DraftKings. So if you're feeling, you know, if you're feeling lucky, maybe throw him in there. Uh, we will see. <laughs> Definitely a great uh, contrarian play if he it, if he produces for especially you. Especially against it, San Diego this week. Uh, not very good against defending those big runs. So we will see. No, um, I, I mean, when they put him on the field, they probably won't even look at him. He's so small. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, if you're if if you win that million bucks with Anton Smith in your lineup, feel free to feel free to send a few bucks my way. That's right. Don't 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 forget why you got it. <laughs> feel the love. Um so uh anything else on the bears or vikings here uh nothing except unfathomable sadness oh uh, yeah well i guess we should note that eddie royal also left this game with a knee injury um maybe marcus wilson in a deeper ppr league uh, he did produce well when both alshon and royal were out earlier in this year yeah i'm a wilson guy i think he's a good da- i think he's a good daily play um defenses will be king on alshon they they have to it's without question um bennett's had a few down uh, production weeks this season. Yeah. It bothers me. Yeah, it's not great. Um, I do think that he'll still be a tight end one, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, certainly not expecting the the career high numbers that he put up last year. And we, we mentioned that preseason too, that part yeah. of that was the, the volume with Trestman. What can you say? He's not Gronk. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, most people aren't, uh, if only, right? But um, if everyone was Gronk, then no one would be Gronk. Yeah, when you're right, you're right, I guess. <laughs> That's right. Philosophy, baby. Um, so San Diego at Baltimore here. Philip excuse me, Philip Rivers just keeps on rolling. Uh, he's a locked in QB1, not much to say here. Um, but the backfield situation, we saw a lot of Melvin Gordon here for some reason. Even though Baltimore is better at stopping the run than the pass, um, and, and at the same time, not a great woodhead game as i thought it would be but uh you know he's still a low-end rb1 ppr simply due to that volume yeah six points ppr uh you're probably starting him as a running back too you're expecting more than that but i mean you've enjoyed so much out of uh drafting him so lowly uh, how, how you can't get that mad about one game right yeah I'd, i would not uh you know bench him next week or anything like that especially not against the bears um, no, Brandon Oliver, a little bit involved here, but not, not worth a pickup. He's mostly a handcuff. If anything were to happen to either Gordon or Woodhead, as we saw last year, um, more so Woodhead than Gordon to me. Correct. Um, and the, the sad thing here is Keenan Allen on pace to break some records. Uh, now we hear that he's got a kidney injury and we don't know how much time he's going to miss, but certainly multiple weeks expected. Did you say a what injury? That's that's a the first one injury. that I didn't hear about. Yeah, uh, came out today that he has you know either a bruised or lacerated kidney. I'm a, I'm not a doctor, so don't uh, don't ask me for specifics. But supposedly they do not know yet how severe it is, but he is expected to miss multiple weeks. Wow, that's wow. <laughs> so yeah, with this injury, certainly um bumping up Stevie Johnson and Malcolm Floyd a little bit they are now high wide receiver threes for me uh, as long as Allen is out L- Ladarius Green must start uh no he's actually out with a potential high ankle injury what? as well what I, I guess i just don't like san diego at all <laughs> um yeah so gates did uh, do better in this game because of that uh, they are saying that supposedly it's a high ankle injury but we will monitor that for sure Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. San Diego is just losing guys left and right. Not to mention their offensive line injuries and on defense. Um, You know, and honestly, if Allen and green are both out as well, possibly even Dontrell Lemon, we saw him have a couple good games toward the end of last season. So we'll see. 
Yeah. Uh, if I'm picking one, it's Stevie Johnson. Oh, definitely. I think Floyd and Johnson are the primary guys. Uh, and, you know, Stevie had a real nice first three weeks, and I think he'll go right back to that. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, on the other hand here, uh, Baltimore, you know, Flacco put up okay numbers, but I don't know that you're counting on his QB sneaks at the goal line every week. He's just still a quarterback, too, for me, especially now losing Steve Smith. Yeah, very frustrating for Justin Forsett owners. Um, Bucky Allen's no longer stealing his touchdowns. Uh, Telly Farrow's not stealing him. His own quarterback stabbing him in the back and just stealing his points from him. And don't forget fullback Kyle Yushek getting those uh, play action uh, plays uh, at the goal line, too. Spider 2Y banana. Yep. Uh, apparently Flacco's been on the phone with Gruden, so. And it's baffling to me that they decided not to use Forsett on the ground much against San Diego, who's terrible against the run. But, you know, despite all the frustrations, Forsett still an RB2, especially possibly with, you know, Steve Smith, uh, you know, out for the rest of the season, obviously. Maybe they go more into the running game. Yeah, they're going to have to lean on the running game because there's nobody out here that's going to be able to pick up the pick up the slack. I mean, Kamar Aiken, uh, for me, is the only wide receiver that's worth owning on this team. I'm still not looking at these tight ends until somebody produces with any sort of consistency. Uh, really, for me, the only people to own on this team are Aiken. And, and I believe Smith's maybe done for the year. That's the report, correct? Yeah, Smith is done for the season. And honestly, I would sell him even in Dynasty uh, or even droppable for me because... Honestly, given his age and the the severity of this injury, we saw how difficult it was for Michael Crabtree to return from a similar injury, um, and he really failed to produce the year after as well. I'm really not expecting a whole lot from Steve Smith as, as much as I wish it weren't so. Oh, Smith said this was his farewell tour. Well, now there are reports that he may want to end his career on a higher note. I just don't know how effective he'll be, even if uh, he does manage to come back. Okay. Regardless, uh, redraft, regular leagues, only three people worth owning, uh, Forsett, Aiken, and for me, Buck Allen. Uh, you know, I'm actually going to throw Chris Givens out here. Uh, he has been connecting with Flacco on some of those deeper shots. Uh, I do think that he might be worth picking up depending on what happens. Um, if they if they take some more shots downfield, Givens could have that Torrey Smith boom bust, you know, low end wide receiver three value. Yeah, Chris Givens was a uh, highly touted, very trendy sleeper uh, two years ago. Yeah, and just then, never did then, anything in St. Louis because yeah, he, that never entire offense he, was he terrible. Did, he thought he didn't realize sleeper didn't mean he was supposed to sleep through the season. <laughs> and we, we just saw uh, Andrew Luck throw another pick here. Uh, certainly, certainly uh, expected <sighs> against this stout Carolina defense, but... Um, so, here we go again yeah and Crockett Gilmore is interesting he's getting a lot of targets even in the red zone so worth noting um, but again as you say he's in that muddled middle of high end tight end twos Crockett Gilmore Max Williams are pretty interchangeable to me some games Williams is in there very quietly out producing Gilmore there's just not a solid enough situation and, and the Ravens offense just isn't good enough for me to care yeah, and, and worth uh, you know seeing how they look after their bye week. We did see Denver uh, kind of get revitalized after that, so worth monitoring. Um, and we again, as as always, we'll discuss bye week fill in options at the end of the show. Yep. Um, so let's move on to one of the sad games of this week: Cincinnati oh. at Pittsburgh. Um, just terrible game overall. Even worse with Le'Veon Bell getting hurt. Uh, but we'll start on the Bengals side here. Um, Dalton struggled, certainly good for, you know, our bet. Uh, you didn't think that Dalton's going to be a QB one. 
This but. is Andy Dalton. <laughs> welcome, ba- welcome back, Andy. Well, We've missed you. Even with the bad Dalton sighting, I still think he's going to be a quarterback one for the rest of the season. Bad it, Dalton and a terrible Pittsburgh defense. If you if you are like Los and and or excuse me, if the Dalton owner is like Los, uh, I would personally try and buy low on Dalton. Um, certainly up to you. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know if they just came out of the buy here trying to get Jeremy Hill more involved, but. Giovanni Bernard, one carry? Come on. Yeah, I don't I don't understand what happened there. Uh, uh, even in three uh, three targets in the passing game, I, I just don't really know what they were doing with Bernard. Uh, sure, great, reestablish Hill. He's the better running back, uh, but, but just not a great game plan against the Steelers' defense. I, f- I feel like this is what bad franchises do, and is they, they somehow get worse after their bye week to rest and prepare. Uh, I don't know how that happened, but uh, certainly not great to see. I hope they get Bernard more involved going forward. He has been, you know, one of the key cogs in this offense. Yeah, um, just a lot of down performances from a lot of people. Uh, and I, I don't know if it's because they were handing the ball to Hill more. Uh, AJ Green, of course, had a very nice game for himself, but Eifert. Only four catches. Uh, Mar- uh, Marvin Jones, who a lot of people are starting, 12 yards on the day. You know, it is uh, just good to note that Eifert did get tackled on like the one yard oh, line. Yeah. So certainly uh, not yeah, worried about Eifert. Um, still, still a top five tight end here, despite uh, their troubles. And certainly, uh, you know, starting all your Bengals Thursday night, uh, reports came out today that Cleveland is likely going to be without Hayden and Whitner. Uh, huge, huge problems for their secondary. Wow. Um, certainly a big bounce back night uh, for them, or at least it should be unless uh, bad Andy shows up again, which he has shown up against the Browns. So we'll see. We shall see. Um, and on the other side of the here, um, you know, bad day for Ben, but look, the guy just got back from his MCL injury. I'm not oh. panicking on Ben. Big ups to my boy, Drew Schner. I know, I know the feeling we had those years with, Rex Grossman constantly getting hurt and uh, oh, just bad things happening all around. You never like to see your superstar get taken out of the game like that. Yeah, and you know, Le'Veon Bell was officially put on IR today. Uh, reports are saying that he had a badly torn MCL and other damage. Uh, look, pickup of the week here, pretty obvious, but we'll say it anyway. You're getting D'Angelo Williams. You're spending every last dollar of your fab budget. You're doing everything you take even if you have the last waiver wire priority you're doing it just in case everybody else forgets well you won't have that opportunity because anybody listening to this followed what i said and owned d'angelo williams in every league you don't not own d'angelo williams hey i mean i'm in a short bench league in one of my leagues he's out there uh certainly you know at this point it doesn't matter if if you didn't uh, handcuff bell that's on you but you certainly have to try and get him now yeah, uh, just craziness with all these top running backs getting hurt. Just so many injuries in general this week and this season, uh, especially the last couple weeks. But um, worth <laughs> noting here that Pittsburgh did sign Isaiah Pede, uh, so it will be him and Jordan Todman behind oh, Angela wow. Williams. Um, but, you know, it's still going to be Williams. He's the guy here. Yeah, tra- tragedy breeds opportunity, though. If you're, uh, I mean, this is the exact sort of thing that you sort of want if you're, if you're a, if you're a, lower sort uh lower ranked team you know team six through ten in your league or something um you you have a great waiver priority sitting right there and oh look what just fell in your lap this is how you this is how you jump on your league you this is a big splash you can make and uh can ride that 
into the playoffs possibly yeah um and just good to note here that d'angelo williams is 32 years old and he has missed time before with injuries so keep an eye on pete and todman um we'll, we'll see what happens there but uh for now when he's healthy we've seen in the first couple of weeks d'angelo williams is an rb1 yep um, so also a, a pretty disappointing day for Antonio Brown and Martavis Bryant owners, but better days are ahead. As I said, I do think this is just Big Ben getting back up to game speed because it does take some time. Brown, Ben, Martavis, they'll all be fine. Yeah, and also Heath Miller back on the fantasy radar. Uh, you know, I wouldn't expect these 100-yard days too often going forward, but he certainly has upside in this offense, especially now that they've lost Le'Veon Bell as a, as a check down. The games D'Angelo Williams was the lead back. Heath Miller had very good weeks. Yeah, and also, uh, guess who comes to town next week? Oh, it's Oakland, who doesn't know how to defend against the tight end. So uh, for those of you who might need a, might need a tight end this week, uh, Heath Miller, not a bad option. I think their defensive coordinator only thinks there's 10 people that play on offense. <laughs> and does he think that maybe, you know, like tight ends have to report as eligible or something? <laughs> Something like that. Oh, we didn't hear it. Okay, don't worry about that guy. <laughs> yeah, um, but we'll get to Oakland soon enough. Uh, certainly, it looks like it'll be an interesting game at the very least next week between Oakland and Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, so the next game we're going to get into here, uh, another pretty crappy game. We don't need to spend too much time on Tennessee at Houston. Um, look, Zach Mettenberger's are all, excuse me, Zach Mettenberger is awful. Um, you know, he's, you know, you're hoping Mariota's back, basically. Um, Antonio Andrews seems like the guy now, but he wasn't great even against a bad Houston defense. Certainly not, uh, you know, trusting him as more than a flex. Maybe, um, pick up David Cobb. We said this uh, last week, Cobb is, you know, a, a high upside guy. He might not get that much work, but he's eligible to start this week against, uh, New Orleans. Heck, he might be terrible, but he also might not. Uh, look, I'd rather go with the evil that I don't know than the evil that I know in this case. Completely agree. He, he It's very possible he could turn your season around. Yeah, and if not, you drop him because he hopefully didn't spend too much on him. But Exactly. Uh, uh, another injury to note here, Kendall Wright also with a sprained MCL. Uh, you're not starting Doriel Green Beckham or Justin Hunter. You can't rely on those guys. The only guy here is Delaney Walker. He's the clear number one target right now. Yep, he's uh, he's a great tight end. We loved him always. Yeah, and if you're desperate, maybe DGB, uh, if Mariota gets the start, um, simply because we saw Eli Manning throw for six touchdowns, there's at least some garbage time consideration here. Yeah, I really thought Mettenberger was going to be better for uh, Dorial Green Beckham, but uh, I I think he's a good, I think he's a pretty solid, like nobody's going to be picking him up because he hasn't produced, but he's a very good sleeper, especially in a game where they're going to need to put points up i mean every game they're going to need to put points up because they're going to get fairly blown out i I think we know how bad mettenberger is because when he was at lsu he had jeremy hill jarvis landry and odell beckham and they were losing a lot of games so goes (laughs) to show you mettenberger's uh talent level for sure Um, yeah there you go (laughs) when you can't make something happen with those guys uh Ah, right, that's... but just taking Kendall right out of the game, he's probably the, 
he's he's the best he's he's the most complete wide receiver on this team probably taking him out you just need to start taking shots deep more and more most complete wide receiver he's the only wide receiver that knows how to run routes <laughs> yeah. easy as that <laughs> um but uh, on the other hand here uh houston you know hoyer was okay but this was against tennessee uh you're certainly not uh, thinking he's elite or anything because of this win um, and as we mentioned last week, Alfred Blue is the lead back, but that's not worth much on this offense. Uh, none of these running backs are really worth owning or starting unless you're very, very desperate. Nope. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, though, still had a nice day. Uh, he's basically matchup proof. Uh, certainly uh, better numbers with Foster than without, but uh, he's still a low-end right wide receiver one simply because of the insane volume of targets he's getting. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't know if there's anybody on the Titans that could have covered him anyways. Yeah, very true. Uh, certainly uh, very, uh, you know, speaking of route running, uh, he's the opposite of Doriel Green Beckham and Justin Hunter. Um, With the injury to Arian Foster and the ineffectiveness of their run game, I do think uh, as long as Cecil Schwartz is out, Nate Washington is a, is a, is a very good wide receiver three start for me. Yeah, but, uh, you know, you mentioned the key phrase there is as long as uh, Shorts is out because he likely will be back after their bye week. Um, so I, I don't know that Nate Washington is somebody you need to go out and grab. But Shorts has so frequent of injuries and, uh, and other concerns that keep him off the field. Sure. Uh, certainly, certainly uh, not wrong there. I, I suppose that is a good point. Um, for yeah. me, uh, I, you know, I think that Washington is, as you said, only worth starting if Shorts is out. Yeah, I, I wasn't a believer. I'm not huge on, on his skill set, but it's somebody has to put together parts of I mean, somebody has to produce in an offense and it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins and it's got to be the guy opposite DeAndre Hopkins because it's not going to be the run game. It's not going to be the tight ends. So it's got to be the wide receiver, too. <laughs> and uh, speaking of, uh, wow, Tolbert just barrels in or excuse me, Jonathan Stewart. It looked like he was stopped uh, by like eight Colts and then he just runs through them. That's how bad the Colts defense is right now. <laughs> uh, uh, AFC South always looking strong. Yeah. And uh, guess what? Indy faces Denver next week. So good luck to them. Oh, that'll be great. Um, so the next game here, another does, weird... does that qualify as a revenge game to you? Oh, I, I think so. Uh, we'll, we'll, when we get to Denver, I have, yeah. I have a good amount to say there. Trust me. Oh, oh good. <laughs> Um, but the next game here, another weird one where the New York Jets at Oakland just completely fell apart. Uh, offense, certainly uh, they weren't helped by Ryan Fitzpatrick hurting his left hand. Uh, he's got a ligament injury. Um, they're saying he's day-to-day, though, So, and it is his non-throwing hand. So we'll see what happens. Definitely something to, to monitor here. But in terms of uh, the wide receivers, uh, Marshall and Decker still got a lot of targets. Marshall got 18 targets in this game. <laughs> And still produced well. So I think that Gino will still be okay for the wide receivers. Um, just not great for the team in general. Gino Smith is not a terrible quarterback. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, how much of that game did you watch? Because there are multiple instances where Gino Smith, uh, with uh, you know not much time left on the clock, chose to take a sack rather than just throw it away. Okay, was... okay, okay, okay. Gino Smith is not a terrible fantasy quarterback he's not going to tank your wide receivers is what i'm saying okay um but in terms of actually starting him in fantasy you're not doing it uh matchup dependent i mean he still has that that high potential for rushing yards sure so you're so he's ej manual he can get you like three points or he gets you like he's 24. a little better than ej manual i don't know about that i i put them pretty close together in my rankings <laughs> 
I think if Geno Smith, what's the next, what's, what's the game next week? Uh, uh, Jacksonville. So certainly not uh, a uh, very tough matchup for them. If Geno Smith starts next week, he is a quarterback one. Uh, I will say that he is not a quarterback. Well, no, you know what? I won't, I won't make that bet because oh. there's a 50, 50 chance that he's either going to be the number one quarterback next week or the number 31 quarterback. And that's why we make the bets. Uh, no, that's all right. I'll, uh, I'll pass on that uh, one. He's not a gambling man. But certainly uh, wasn't a great game for Chris Ivory either. Couldn't get anything going against a very good Oakland front seven now that we're seeing. Um, shockingly, Oakland is pretty good on offense and defense. A completely revitalized team here. If they didn't have Denver, they might be in the lead in, the, in their division. One, one game makes not a revitalization. But it's not one game. Well, okay, before we move on to Oakland, is there anything else you want to talk about on the New York Jets here? Yeah, how about their running game? Yeah, pretty bad. Uh, but uh, I, I think, again, uh, Fitzpatrick being back will help because they kind of just forced Geno Smith to beat them. Yeah, that that can happen sometimes. Your, your running get backs get, uh, get bottled up. Ivory's still probably not 100% healthy. I think he'll be okay going forward still, though. Uh, the 17 yards doesn't scare me away from starting him going forward. Yeah, and I, Ivory's still the guy, but uh, I just want to point out, uh, Stephen Ridley is off the pup list. Uh, he is practicing, so just just something to monitor because he was a very good back with the Patriots before he tore that ACL. Yeah, he he was a uh, he was a second rounder in a lot of leagues uh, two years ago. Uh, yeah, I think three. Maybe. Yeah, that, that didn't work very well at all, but uh, it was what it was. He was a running back one for a year, though, um, and that was with, you know, Belichick's maddenly or excuse me, maddeningly uh, frustrating usage of him. So just worth noting that the talent is there if he somehow, you know, gets an opportunity if, if Ivory misses some time. Yeah, uh, Jets just went around and uh, took every team's castaway former number one running back and threw him in their backfield. Yeah, and, and now moving on to Oakland, I, I do want to say that I think this offense is legitimately a very good offense. They're, they're sneakily in the top five in the league in terms of points and, and touchdowns. I, I do think that Carr is a legit low quarterback one, high quarterback two, because if you look at his numbers, uh, Carr was hurt week one, and then you know discounting that game in the game against Denver, Carr has been averaging 22 points per game in his other five. Yeah, the other thing about Carr, whether you believe his talent or not, here's his here's the rest of his schedule. Pittsburgh, Minnesota, Detroit, Tennessee, Kansas City, Denver's a bad week, and then week 15 and 16, Green Bay and San Diego. This may this may be your quarterback. Yeah, and, and like I said, this offense is legitimate. Uh, you know, Latavius Murray looks good, and he gets that good schedule as well. He's a solid low-end RB1 for me right now, high RB2 in this offense. And, yeah, uh, you know, I, I can't argue with that at all. And look, look, Amari Cooper is the the big name here, you know, high draft pick. But Michael Crabtree quietly again leading the team in targets. And this, that's partially due to the matchups they faced, especially with Cooper uh, having to face Revis in this game. But Crabtree is very underrated right now. He's a he's a low wide receiver two, high wide receiver three. Finally, far from sorry, Michael Crabtree. Yeah, and I, I don't know, I, I think people have just soured on him because of the, you know, down years the last couple of seasons. But it's because again, of that soundbite, that, that's buried people's opinion of him. Yeah, and you know, if, if he's out there in, in a league for some reason and you need wide receiver help, go get him. This is, this is not a fluke. Uh, he's being targeted and he's getting the deeper targets too. 
Um, and and certainly Amari Cooper, if you're owning him, you're happy too. Five for forty six against Revis. You're you're you know he's going to be a stud for years to come. Can't be mad about it. Yeah, and then again at Pittsburgh next week should be a shootout with the way this offense is playing. I, I think they have a legitimate shot to win that game. Seventy five to sixty five. <laughs> I'm breaking Eli and uh, Breeze's record from this week. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and then, you know, they'll win on a kick from Sebastian Janikowski. <laughs> that's right. A 70 yarder, <laughs> 85 no, he, yarder. That's right. He doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't have the leg he wants did, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, still fun to watch though, but, uh, yep. anyway, more than speak- enough about kickers. Yeah. Speak- no, no, we're get- we're about to talk a little more about kickers going into our next game. Oh, that's true. Um, Seattle at Dallas, um, Man, Seattle is just struggling so much on offense because that line is not good. That is trouble for them. Yeah, it's uh, it it doesn't look good. Now, granted, uh, uh, Dallas has a very good line, even if a uh, defensive line, even if uh, Seattle was able to put something together and were better as a unit this game, um, it probably wouldn't show very well just because of. Greg Hardy and the rest of that defense, they get after the quarterback and there's no question about it. They are very, very good at pressuring the passer. Yeah. And I tweeted this out during the game, but say what you will about Greg Hardy as a person, but as a pass rusher, as, as an NFL defensive lineman, Hardy has insane athleticism and talent. The, the play where he, he basically tipped the ball and caught it for the interception, almost took it to the house for six. That was an amazing play football wise. I don't know when or why they stopped. He stopped calling himself the Kraken of the Deep. It's a great nickname because he's a mystical beast. Yeah, um, and certainly uh, didn't do any uh, favors for Marshawn Lynch, but he's still a, a running back one simply due to that volume and that talent is still there. But again, the offensive line is going to limit the entire offense a little bit. Um, and the disappointing thing here was that after Tyler Lockett led the team in targets last week, he only gets four against Dallas. I, I just don't get why they won't incorporate him more. I think I think it's just a, a matter of Wilson being pressured and getting an inability to to effectively get the ball downfield to those sort of uh, the, those sort of speed receivers. Um, on the on the flip side, to steal your phrase, Jimmy Graham had 75 yards on 10 targets today. Uh, Jimmy Graham is the sort of guy who is very used to, you know, finding a way to get himself open when his quarterback really needs him to. And I, I'm glad Wilson finally was able to figure out how to find him. Yeah. I think it's just going to be frustrating owning any pass catcher in Seattle, really, just because they'll go to, you know, whoever's open on any given week and uh, you really yeah, can't but tell. I don't know how many people are owning pass catchers in Seattle other than Graham. Yeah, that that's fair. Certainly not not your uh, you're not a big fan of Doug Baldwin, so certainly not him. No, um, definitely mediocre. Yeah, he's he's under mediocre. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Seattle uh, wide receivers, uh, just real quick. Uh, hope hopefully uh, Ricardo Lockhead gets better soon. Supposedly he's got movement in all his extremities. So glad to hear that. Gosh. Yeah. Every team affected by injury this week, just about. Yeah. Um, so Seattle gets their bye next week. Uh, again, we'll discuss fill-ins at the end of the show. Uh, but good for them to kind of rest up and maybe fix some of those offensive line issues. That's right. Um, on the Dallas side here, certainly no offensive line issues, but quarterback issues aplenty. Uh, Matt Castle, I don't know how much better than he is, or excuse me, excuse me, how much better he is than um, Brandon Whedon, but uh, certainly the Cowboys are just losing a ton of games without Romo, and that entire offense is struggling. Yeah, well, the... the uh... The announcers don't tend to agree with you. They seem to think that that Matt Castle is 
is the be all end all of football. He's a great, great quarterback, and Whedon is the worst man in the world. Yeah, remember when uh, Jerry Jones was saying that Brandon Whedon was uh, amazingly talented or something like that? I mean, he technically he is amazingly talented compared to me, who I'm sitting <laughs> on my couch with uh, Dorito flakes on my pants. <laughs> so, so he is amazingly talented by by most standards. Well, well, number one, I hope they're Cool Ranch Doritos because they are the only kind and the best kind. Um, oh, uh, <laughs> they, they are actually uh, new Fiesta Baja Rancho Fritos. Uh, get your crunch on with Fiesta Baja Rancho. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll get a call from uh, Doritos after this, hopefully. <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> um, we could certainly we could certainly use some free chips in our lives but there we go um, I, I think kind of lost in this terrible game is the insane usage that darren mcfadden is getting and uh it sounds like romo is likely going to be back week 11 um, yeah. when he and des are both healthy and back on the field if at that point darren mcfadden is still healthy which is a 50 50 um dare i say it mcfadden could be a running back one Low end RB one as long as he's healthy. I agree. Look, he's getting he's the main passing down back, and with yep. Randall, you know, either injured and maybe suspended, and we don't even know what's going on with Randall. But McFadden could be that guy after four years of scorning us. <laughs> he's the number three option in the pass game, the number one option in the run game. Yeah, and uh, you know, the only thing is health, and as you said, with D'Angelo Williams, Kristen Michael, despite you know any you know idiotic excuse me, idi, what am I trying to say? Idiosyncratic? <laughs> no, despite any idiotic things that he does oh. off the field and, <laughs> and whether or not he knows the playbook, he's a must-own handcuff given Darren McFadden's in- injury history and the uncertainty right now uh, revolving around Joseph Randall. My only question is, is this team going to be able to put enough points on the scoreboard to make them to make him worthwhile? Uh, absolutely. I, again, I'm saying this is when Romo and Des are both back and healthy. Yeah, but but is that is that offense gonna gel this this far into the season? I mean, these guys, are, the timing's definitely gonna be off between Romo and and uh, and does he's not running the exact same and Ro- it, it's not oh, easy no. See, to throw I, the football against NFL that. defenses. I, I think that Romo and does have had so much time together that they'll they'll start clicking. It might take a game or so, but I, I think they'll be just fine. I don't know in this NFL with the with the way de- how fast the defense is in the NFL one a, a split second difference in in your route running the 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 slightest amount of decrease in speed that you have that affects the trajectory of the ball and where it needs to be placed and i mean i i think it's a bigger deal than you're making it out to be sure i i get that but i i think that as long as romo can even get it in the in the vicinity of des they'll be just fine and certainly romo will have more than enough time with that offensive line okay okay um i think uh I think they were trying to play way too conservatively this game. Um, they saw that it was a close score. Da- Dallas was up. They were trying to run the ball way too much. You need to throw the ball to Jason Witten more than four times in a football game. Yeah, I don't know if this was Garrett trying to limit Castle or because Castle usually takes a few more shots. So I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe they'll they'll open up the offense a little bit more versus Philly next week. But either way, I'm I'm avoiding all Dallas players outside of Darren McFadden until Romo's back. Does not yeah. touching him. I don't know how how you can. He's a wide receiver three. I don't know why. I saw a lot of tweets saying that does is instantly a top twenty wide receiver this week against Seattle, and I completely disagreed with that. I yeah. don't think you can trust him with Matt Castle, and and you know I don't think you can bench him either, though. Unfortunately, 
Yeah, I mean, it depends on your options. Excuse me. It depends on your options because if you picked up a guy like Willie Sneed or something while Dez was hurt, then I would absolutely roll with Sneed over Dez. Okay. Okay, I get that. Yeah, so, I mean, Terrence Williams is completely out of the discussion until Romo returns. Oh, he's never been, yeah. Yeah, he he needs Dez and Romo to to be that, uh, you know, outlet while defenses are covering Dez. Yeah, I agree. Um, so the last game, uh, Sunday night here, Green Bay at Denver. My favorite game of the week. <laughs> I, I know why that is, but, uh, you know, definitely Rodgers' worst game of the season. He's still going to be a solid QB1 uh, going forward. Certainly not worried about Aaron Rodgers. Um, he won't be facing Denver, uh, you know, that defense every week. It'd be great if I could see Aaron Rodgers be held to under 80 yards every week. That would, that would, that would, that might make my life. I don't know if that says more about my life. Or <laughs> with your Dorito crumbs, um, <laughs> we're just we're just piling it on, huh? and, I, and I'm the cause. Of it. But uh, you know, going on as a Bears fan, I certainly enjoyed uh, defensive coordinator Wade Phillips' tweet after the game. Uh, chicken parm tastes so good, uh, especially with cheese. Uh, I did enjoy <laughs> that. Uh, very nicely done by him. That's pretty um, good. I think the best thing you can say about Green Bay here is that Eddie Lacy looked pretty good. Uh, you know, it's hard to run and produce against that Denver defense, but looking at his runs, it looks like he's fully healthy, and he did, uh, you know, get 11 carries to James Starks' five. Did he really look that good, though? You take away that one yard rush. He's sitting at... Uh, what 28 22 yards on 10 carries yeah but uh, you know against denver I, I'm, I'm not too worried you know denver's limited every running back so far but they limited the entire offense which means they were pressuring rogers stopping the wide receivers and somehow stopping eddie lacy somebody was somebody should be able to break through and when you're able to stop the quarterback in the wideouts like that it has to be the running back like you you have to do better yeah, I mean, and again, it's concerning for their offense as a whole, which has been struggling without Jordy. But again, fantasy-wise, they're not facing Denver every week. So again, you know, Cobb, is, you know, he's a different issue. But I, I do think that Lacey is going to bounce back towards the end of the season here. Yeah, as a Lacey owner, I hope you're right. But uh, I, don't, uh, uh. <laughs> I, I suppose I'm a little bit more optimistic than you are. But I do think that, you know, now that he's getting healthier, he did he did look like he got some of that burst back. Uh, even against a tough Denver defense. So I, I think that Lacey is still a buy low for me. I'm still starting him. He's still, he's still in a top flight offense and he's still the guy that they're putting in it. When, if you, if your wide receiver gets tackled at the one, Eddie Lacey's getting the football in the next play. Oh, absolutely. Unless it's Sean yep. Coon. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of the wide receivers real quick, uh, look, I, it was Denver, so I'm not taking too much away from this game, but Randall Cobb has been struggling the last few games in general. Uh, what do you think about him going forward? I think he's going to be okay going forward. I think the the product here was uh, was more so the Broncos, the Broncos defense limiting and getting after uh, getting after Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers wasn't able to find anybody. Uh, Cobb was the top receiver with six catches for twenty seven yards. And anytime you see that, you have to make somebody else produce. But Jones didn't produce. Devontae didn't produce. Richard Rodgers, you would think to be a benefactor here, he didn't produce. I think this was just a globally off night for the Packers and great night for the defense. Um, Cobb, I think is going to be fine. High end wide receiver too, for me. Um, James Jones, I'm a little more concerned about as a matter of fact, with Devonte Adams back on the field, even though he only had two targets. 
Yeah, I mean, again, it's. Uh, I think we'll see more uh, next week when they're not facing Denver once again. Uh, but it is certainly concerning because this we've seen that this offense is simply not the same high octane offense without Jordy stretching the field. They're really missing that deep speed element. Um, and the thing is here, uh, I don't think any of these guys are must starts. You know, I, I I know the whole you know start your studs thing, but if if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I I'm not a big believer on that. Um, I think it always depends on the matchup and depends on your other options. Uh, for example, I did start Ryan Tannehill over Aaron Rodgers this week, and while Tannehill did not do very well, he did outscore Rodgers. There you go. Um, and again, uh, you should absolutely go with your studs for the most part, but certainly not uh, ironclad, uh, an ironclad rule, if you will. Uh, you know, take everything into account. Wow. So, so you're not starting Cobb. Uh, again, it all depends on my options. For example, in, okay. in one league, I, I believe I started Orleans Darkwa over uh, James Jones, and again, that wow. worked out not uh, not well, but <laughs> it did. Work I mean, out. it worked out pretty well. You got more than zero point two points. Yeah, and I think that if Darkwa had remained healthy without that back injury, it, it would have worked out better. Um, but again, yeah. I, I think uh, again, you should go for the most part with your studs, but look at everything. Every every little factor uh, counts. Um, yeah, every little thing they do is magic. Sure. <laughs> and on the Denver side here, uh, Payton looked much better, but uh, I think everybody's forgetting that Green Bay lost two of their cornerbacks, both Sam Shields and then his replacement, Quentin Rollins, after he subbed in. Uh, I think Demarius got open a lot because the whoever the backup was, I can't remember his name, is just not very good. And I, I think that Payton certainly looks better as a whole, but uh, I, I wouldn't uh, be too too bold in saying that Peyton is back to Peyton just yet. Still only about 10 points in, as a fantasy quarterback as well. Yeah, Demarius did his thing. He 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 clowned a backup cor- uh, corner, and that's exactly what he needs to do. Yeah, and it is good to see that the run blocking improved a little bit here. Um, but certainly, uh, I, again, uh, Hillman and Anderson both looked good. But once again, I, I think there are a lot of kind of weird things happening in this game. Uh, we saw Demarius Thomas and I believe it was Virgil Green, uh, you know, huge bombs downfield. And they got tackled inside the 10, inside the 5, and then the running backs kind of just finished it off. Um, I don't know that that's going to happen every game. I think that, you know, both are going to, um, you know, do well. But they're still just flexes and low on RB2s for me. Yeah. Um, for me, it's, it's, Hill, uh, it's still Hillman. He was given the bulk of the carries, even though it was closer. Anderson did have a nice game, but but I'm still writing Hillman as my as a flex. Yeah, and just a quick note here: uh, we saw Adam Schefter just updated uh, Reggie Bush's status. He will undergo season-ending surgery tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. That is for all you listening uh, today, I guess. Um, uh, it is a torn MCL though, not ACL. But regardless, Bush is done for the season. There you go. Um, so. Uh, the one other thing about Denver now is the tight end targets in this game already ramping up, and now we found out today that they traded for Vernon Davis. Um, and I tweeted out earlier this afternoon that so far this season, Denver has ranked 29th in the league in terms of red zone scoring. Uh, they have only scored touchdowns on 42% of their trips to the red zone this season. Um, I think Vernon Davis is going to help that a lot, and I think that he immediately becomes the number one receiving tight end option once he learns his play- playbook. Peyton Manning throughout his career has made, dare I say, mediocre tight ends extraordinarily valuable. 
Dallas Clark is not a superstar. Dallas Clark was a great tight end with Peyton Manning. Julius Thomas, jury's still out on him. He, he he's had some great years with Peyton Manning. I, I don't think he's I don't think he's that better than the average tight end. Uh, Vernon Davis at this point in his career is probably just a little worse than Julius Thomas at this point in his career. And he could probably be very productive with Peyton Manning, but that's the Peyton Manning of old that I'm talking about. Uh, I, I just don't know how much juice he's got in the cannon. For me, I, my personal take is that Vernon Davis's problems in San Francisco stem from not getting that many targets or good targets from Colin Kaepernick. And for me, Vernon Davis is an instant tight end one. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with you. He he definitely falls into that tier three where he's going to have some great games and he's going to have some not great games. Uh, touchdown dependent to me. But Peyton Manning this year has been hitting Virgil Green and Owen Daniels for touchdowns. Yeah, and again, um, I'm I'm spending a good chunk of my uh, waiver budget on uh, Vernon Davis, at least ten to twenty bucks. Um, I, I think he's definitely worth it. Um, really, over over what sort of tight end that you already own, though? I mean. Certainly, you're not saying that you're advocating to own two tight ends. Um, it depends. He's a he's a number one tight end for me. He's a top ten guy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, if uh, you're if you're starting, uh, like you said, Charles Clay, um, Julius Thomas, I'll take Vernon Davis over any of those guys. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, if that's the situation you're in, I I, I guess, but I I wouldn't go out of my way to pay for him. Um, <laughs> I think he's going to open up things for, for Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders a little bit. You have to cover him in the middle of the field, and that'll draw safeties more towards the middle. Um, occupy the linebackers, uh, which which is great for the underneath routes that Demarius Thomas likes to run and everything. Uh, I think he's I think he, yeah, no, I, I think he's a better football asset for everybody else around him than him actually being a top flight. I mean, the way you're saying, you're making it sound like he's a he's a you know, stud tight end. That's an every week start. That's exactly what I'm saying. I, I think that Vernon Davis still has a good amount of that freak athleticism that we've seen, you know, owning a, a huge amount of records at the combine. Uh, I, I think that he'll finally get to show some of that again with a, a competent quarterback. Yeah. I, I think he just gets a portion of the offensive work. I, I don't see Virgil Green or Owen Daniels getting taken off the field completely for him. Okay, uh, we'll agree to disagree there. Yeah. Um, but uh, that actually Lee, uh, is a good, great segue to go into our waiver wire pickups here this week. Um, if you want to just uh, you know go through some of these guys, uh, I think pretty easily D'Angelo Williams. Uh, you're spending every last dollar, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, you know, must, must, must own. Yeah, this is a guy. If if the draft was held today, what is he? A second rounder? First rounder. First rounder. He's, yeah, probably. he's probably just a few spots after where Bell was taken. Yeah, probably. As a matter of fact, with with all the injuries that happened, Forte and and Jamal Charles and everybody, yeah, and Lacey underperforming, he's probably a first rounder. And I certainly hope you didn't draft Andrew Luck uh, early because the Colts are still scoreless through the the first quarter here. Um, <laughs> well, in my two quarterback league, I drafted him in the first round. Uh, yeah. Ouch. Um, well, yeah. he's been doing well in garbage time, which is not what you would have thought for Andrew Luck. He's building himself some garbage time right now. That that's very true. Um, <laughs> if, if Ronnie Hillman or CJ Anderson were dropped and certainly they could have been, um, certainly worth picking up at this point, the, the run blocking looks a lot better. Um, and Vernon Davis will help as well. He is also a pretty good blocker. Yes, that, that is actually true. Uh, 
I, I don't think either of them. I think both of them need to be owned in the leagues. For me, it's Ronnie Hillman over CJ Anderson. Uh, other people would disagree, probably. Um, just going off of the yardage from this week, I would disagree but I think, as well. Just putting that putting that out there. You you want Anderson? I I think that the the good thing about that Hillman had going on for him previously when he was getting more work over Anderson was that the blocking was not good, so Hillman was relying on his speed to get to the outside. Now, with a bit of better blocking, I do think that Anderson is a better inside runner who can make those cuts and then kind of push through the contact, whereas Hillman is a smaller guy and can't necessarily do that. Yeah, I, I don't see a tight end blocking too many times in between the tackles, though. That Those are outside runs. Yeah, I'm not saying that that's due to Vernon necessarily, but I do think that the offensive line looked better after the bye in general here. Okay, that's fair. Do you want to make a little wager? Hillman versus Anderson rest of the season? Uh, total points, you mean? Yeah. Are we talking PPR here? Either way. Um, I'll take it in PPR. All right. All right, starting week nine, I think that C.J. Anderson uh, scores more points than Ronnie Hillman in PPR. Give me Hillman. All right, um, that's a bet. So um, also uh, CJ Spiller, as we mentioned during the Saints game with Kyrie Robinson going down, spend uh, a good chunk of your budget, 20, 30 bucks at least. Somebody Um, you and I were very high on going into the season. Uh, One of the caveats, if you go back to the quick, quick snap, snap of uh, the Saints was that Kyrie Robinson was a guy that could come in and uh, take a lot of value away. He's not there to take the value away. Spiller's starting to get on a bit of a roll. They're going to loosen the reins on Drew Brees a little bit. I think CJ Spiller is a good pickup. Yeah, and uh, similarly with Brandon LaFell, who was hurt for a good portion of the year so far, his uh, snap count is going up and his targets are continuing to go up. So certainly uh, worth a shot here. Welcome to the league, LaFell. Nice knowing you, Danny Amendola. Yeah, something like that. Um, Tyrod Taylor uh, and and Carlos Williams, both uh, Bills, if they were dropped, uh, both were hurt. I, I do think that Taylor is a QB1 and that Carlos Williams, uh, he's practicing uh, back from his concussion, likely to play this week. Uh, he's both a McCoy handcuff, and he's got standalone flex value from getting those goal line carries. Playing against Miami, who has been uh, putting a better, a little bit of a defensive effort better together, but I, I do agree, Tyrod Taylor, quarterback. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't know if you'd agree necessarily from our earlier conversation, but Derek Carr is a QB one for me. Uh, he's worth oh yeah, 10 no, to 20 like bucks. I said, I rattled off those uh, those defenses he's playing. There's only two bad matchups left. Yeah, and uh, similarly, uh, you know, Deshaun Jackson, he's been out for a while, so it's possible that he's been dropped in your league. Sounds like he will be a go against New England. Uh, certainly, some garbage time at the very least, I think. Washington coming off the bye, playing against a uh, bad New England secondary that allows a lot of points. Um, mostly because they probably just care about scoring points on their own, not as much stopping them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, a couple bears on here too. Jeremy Langford uh, with Forte out for a few weeks with the MCL. Again, not a great schedule after they play San Diego. Um, but there's also that 1% to 2% chance that Matt Forte gets traded. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but certainly uh, Langford would be the guy if uh, if he did. And, and as well, uh, we mentioned earlier, Jay Cutler, uh, you know, 5 to 10 bucks. Jay Cutler is often a quarterback one. Langford, uh, whether whether you love him or not, he he's the sort of guy where you can't he he can't afford to not be owned in any league. Yeah, uh, who else you got on your waiver wire pickups here? Uh, David Cobb, I've mentioned in the in 
uh, weeks weeks prior as a guy just to grab for free after the waiver wire passes. I don't think he'll be able to do that anymore. I think somebody will pick him up this week. So hopefully you got him earlier if you wanted to pay nothing for him. Um, Tony Romo, if uh, if he was dropped in a lot of leagues uh, with his injury, he's got it. He's now would be the time to strike. Grab him for cheap. Um, he's going to be back. He's going to be playing with a vengeance. He's going to be wanting to prove things and score a lot of points. That's that's throwing the football around a lot. Uh, Vernon Davis, sorry, uh, sniffles Vernon Davis. Like we said, uh, you like him a little better than me, but I admittedly do think that he needs, he needs to be owned. He's a, he's a low end, uh, tight end one. Um, Christian Michael, as we mentioned before, uh, anybody else you like? Yeah. I mean, and we're at this point, we're getting into kind of those, uh, ultra lottery tickets. Yeah. Uh, again, this is only if you, if you have somebody you can drop or if you're in a deeper bench league, uh, again, I think Chris Givens uh, might take over that Tory Smith role. Certainly has the size and the speed. Uh, worth a shot if uh, if you know you're just kind of stashing for upside. Um, same with Chris Thompson. Ugly committee with Alfred Morris and Matt Jones in Washington, but he's he's kind of the theoretic there. We'll get the PPR value uh, if you're desperate. And then uh, a couple uh, or a few running backs that who knows what's going to happen. But Ben Tate and Kendall Gaskins and in uh, San Francisco. San, San Francisco, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know, Carlos Hyde should be back after the bye, but if for some reason he's not, uh, I don't know, maybe worth a shot. You know, uh, I would usually agree and say that in a given offense, somebody has to produce, but that just hasn't been the case <laughs> for San Francisco at all. But but what if they they make a quarterback change and go to Blaine Gabbard? Maybe then, you know, the offense will start clicking. Yeah, that that would... Well, what if they trade Kaepernick? <laughs> it could happen, but... Uh, you know, similarly with Jordan Todman and Isaiah Pede, uh, complete lottery tickets. But again, D'Angelo Williams, 32, has been banged up in the past. Uh, certainly want a piece of that Steelers offense if you can get it. Um, yeah, not likely guys you'll have to pay money for. But but if you're deep and you if you want to swing for the fences and you're uh, concerned about that, that aged D'Angelo Williams, he does have that injury history. Yeah. Or, uh, I'm sorry, we're talking about, yeah, D'Angelo yeah. Williams. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of uh, complete uh, fence uh, swing for the fences, uh, Taiwan Jones uh, only got the one catch uh, against the Jets, but we've seen he's got the speed, he's got the elusiveness, and I do think that he's the Latavius Murray handcuff over Marcel Reese or Roy Hallou. Yeah, I, I I think you're right. All right, so uh, notable uh, buys this week, Detroit, Kansas City, Arizona, Seattle, Baltimore, and Houston. That's a lot of players on the bench. It is. Uh, you know, you're losing Carson Palmer and Russell Wilson. Um, I don't know, maybe Kaepernick at home versus Atlanta if you really need a bye week quarterback. Atlanta has struggled uh, covering the pass, and certainly they'll need to catch up in that game, I think. Two quarterback um, leagues. I hope you have. I hope you have some. Some. I hope you own a third quarterback because you're probably missing somebody. Yeah, and uh, you know we already talked about Tyrod Taylor and David, or excuse me, Derek Carr. Uh, definitely must pick up that quarterback, and then again, Jay Cutler if you have QB issues. Yeah, I I, I like him. Jay Cutler throws the ball. And uh, who are we missing on the running back front here this week? Well, on the running back side of things, unfortunately, uh, Justice Sharkandrick West finally finds a stride. He's going to have to, uh, you know, uh, take this stride at home. Watch, watch a little football on television. Um, also, that Arizona backfield, uh, they'll get a little bit of rest uh, after Chris Johnson's big thirty rush game. So that probably comes at a good time for him, as a matter of fact, just with his age and uh, prior prior concerns. Uh, but you'll need to replace him on your team. 
Uh, Justin Forsett, also Marshawn Lynch, all uh, all guys, all guys that are owned in every league. So so these are these are big bye weeks. Yeah, definitely. And I think, again, uh, Chris Thompson might be worth a worth a shot against New England. Probably a lot of catch up and dump offs to him. Um, and again, uh, basically take a dart throw at any one of the Tennessee running backs if you're truly desperate during these buys. Uh, you know, Antonio Andrews uh, getting some work. And then David Cobb, who knows how involved he'll be against New Orleans. But certainly we see that their defense is not doing too hot. They are, They allow a lot of offense, no matter who it is. Yeah, and on the wide receiver front, too, you're going to be missing Calvin. You're going to be missing Macklin, fresh uh, fresh off coming back from his concussion. And then all of the Arizona wide receivers that are going on by. Uh, John Brown will be at that guy's girlfriend's house. And then uh, DeAndre Hopkins, too, will be out. So you're missing a lot of guys this week. Yeah, a ton. Uh, tight ends, Ebron, Kelsey, Jimmy Graham, who uh, maybe he, he needs to get his head right. He, he, I mean, seven, 75 yards but no touchdown this last week. They, they've got to figure out something. So this this is a good bye week for them, too, after that very telling Dallas game that they they escaped by the skin of their teeth on that one. Just craziness. Yeah, and I, I do think that in terms of wide receiver fill-ins, again, Dwayne Harris against Tampa Bay, especially if Donnell is out. Uh, certainly uh, Eli's going to need somebody to work the middle of the field there. Um, and then if you're truly desperate, maybe Cameron Brait against the New York Giants defense that allowed Breeze seven touchdowns. Uh, especially if Vincent Jackson is still out. Sure, and of course, and there's some very cheap uh, tight end ads that'll that can help you. Uh, Jacob Tammy may be able to put something together again, uh, just because of the uh, the proximity of of injury and the timing of this, and and they're coming up and facing uh, Tampa Bay, who who will allow a lot of points probably to uh, Jacob Tammy. Heath Miller sliding in against Oakland, like we said, they don't know that the tight end, the, their defense doesn't know that the tight end exists, and <laughs> he's put up 100 yards last game, and he's been very, very, very good those first few weeks of the year uh, when D'Angelo Williams was the running back. Yeah, and uh, just a quick last note here. If, if you are losing the Seattle or Arizona defense this week on by um, Jacksonville, uh, if they are facing Geno, certainly Geno gets sacked a lot and will probably throw at least one pick. Um, and we saw Jacksonville do well against DJ Manuel, um, so certainly worth a shot. And then uh, maybe the Minnesota defense as well against Foles. Uh, they do they do play better at home, and their defense is sneakily good. Yeah, St. Louis isn't a team that's necessarily going to put up a ton of uh, points every week. Yeah, and I do think uh, you know uh, they're worth a shot because the secondary is good enough to cover Tavon Austin, and then one of their strengths is uh, you know facing off against the run. So it'll be a true test for Todd Gurley here. We'll see how good he really is. Yes, sir. Um, so real quick, uh, last thing: one really good matchup and one really bad matchup. I'll kick it off. Uh, I do think that despite a disappointing day against Pittsburgh, Marvin Jones is going to be a nice bye win, bye week fill in uh, wide receiver as well. Again, with uh, Dante Whitner and Joe Hayden out for Cleveland on Thursday night. Yeah, for me, uh, let's go with one bad matchup for me. Um, I think uh, it's a no brainer. Indianapolis versus Denver. This is this is your classic. This is your revenge game that you love. Indy coming in, uh, gonna beat beat up uh, Big Daddy Pagano and and Young Boy Luck. Um, <laughs> Andrew Luck is going to get eaten alive. Denver gets after the quarterback. Indianapolis allows the most pressure to their own quarterback. He needs to find a bunker. He needs to dig a hole and just protect himself, protect his shoulder, protect his ribs, and just live to fight another day. Yeah, I certainly won't argue against that. And yeah, uh, what what do they call themselves? The the 
uh, uh, Talib and, and Harris, what do they call it? Like team strike force or something crazy airstrike or, or anti air. They, they had some name they were calling themselves yeah, uh, on, the, I, uh, on the post game show. I can't remember right now. Um, but either certain, way it was yeah. cute. They're going to be in full effect next week. So, so unfortunately are going to be fading, uh, T Y Hilton and Dante Moncrief over or under on uh, 30 sacks on Andrew Luck. Oh, 30. <laughs> uh, I got to go just under. That's a big number. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe 29. Yeah. Um, and then one, one guy that I'm fading a little bit too is uh, Stefan Diggs, certainly uh, coming on the last few weeks, really doing well. Um, still a wide receiver three with, up, with upside, but St. Louis certainly a pretty formidable defense. Uh, and he kind of tweaked his knee or his ankle late in the game against Chicago. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that, but uh, wouldn't expect a huge day for him for the fourth week in a row this week. Speaking of Chicago, one guy I want to give a nice little bo- uh, lows boost to, um, if Eddie Royal can't go, Marquez Wilson has shown that he has talent uh, before they before they uh, drafted Kevin White, who don't forget he exists. He will be back again someday, much like Frosty before they drafted <laughs> uh, Kevin White. I was very excited about Marquez Wilson coming into this year. Um, another guy with a good wide receiver skill set, good mold. If Royal can't go, this is a guy that could potentially put up, you know, touchdown or two for you, especially in a daily daily lineup. Yeah, um, certainly worth monitoring. Uh, San Diego, not uh, not a, a hugely formal defense, and Jay Culler has been doing pretty well recently. Um, we'll see Monday night primetime. Uh, certainly should be a very interesting game. Um, so that's going to wrap up our Week 8 recap show and Week 9 preview. Um, as always, you know we thank you for joining us. And uh, one last uh, quick shout-out to all the guys that got injured this week. We certainly hope that they get better soon. Um, again, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have any questions at all, we're certainly more than happy to help you out on Twitter. You can find me at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And you can follow me at FFA underscore Los L-O-S. You can, of course, get it at our, our mega ultra producer, Dan Green, at FFA underscore Dan. He might even uh, holler back at you. Who knows? Uh, don't, of course, forget to uh, like us on on Facebook as well. And then in your podcasting app store, subscribe to the podcast so that you get this uh, this episode automatically downloaded, all the future episodes automatically downloaded. Uh, so you don't even have to wait. It just pops up. You get a nice little one number uh, pop up on your screen tells you oh you've got something new open it and you're good to go you're good to drive you're good to uh, dilly dally at work <laughs> <laughs> certainly certainly a potent possibility there uh, um, as always uh, thank you one last time for joining us and uh, it's a fantasy world out there and we're all just addicts in it thanks addicts Karen is the proven expert in addiction treatment. A recent independent study showed that 94% of Karen patients were still in recovery 90 days post-treatment. Visit CARON.org slash real. Karen, real results, real care, real about recovery. The first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there, and the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen. But we won't get there without you. Visit ALZ.org to join the fight.